If you have your Bibles, we would like to look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're dealing with having a faith that's full or faith full. And in Romans chapter 8, don't think I'm going to finish chapter 8 this evening. But Romans chapter 8, we want to look at some gifts from Jesus. Some gifts. And there are seven of them. Don't think I'm going to get there. But we titled this chapter, The Gift of No. The Gift of N-O. As a parent, they joke about giving your children the gift of no. And not getting them everything that they want. It's really not what this chapter is about. This chapter is some good things that are gifts of no. So there's seven of them. We're going to begin. Let's just look at chapter 8 and verse 1. The first gift of no is the gift of no condemnation. The gift of no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Now this is a very important Bible study because if you can get this verse of Scripture in your heart and realize the amazing gift from Jesus Christ and what He accomplished on the cross, it will completely change your life. And truly, it will help to change others' lives as they can realize it's a gift of no condemnation. So, have you ever felt condemned before? You ever felt like you've done something wrong and it's just kind of a like a weight that's upon you? I'm sure we all have. I was reading that doctors actually treat condemnation at hospitals. Said, no, they don't. Well, yes, they do. So, they don't treat the condemnation, but if you have an internal conflict, whether it's worry, anxiety, stress, it can leap from your mind into your body. And it can cause a physical condition like nausea or migraines. So condemnation is a real thing. They call it psychosomatic, which means psycho is your psyche is your mind and soma is your body. So they're kind of connected. And so a preacher, I don't believe in that. Well, let's look at Proverbs and what it says. I believe in the word of God. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22 said a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. What is that? Man, everything's right. Our heart and spirit are joyful. But there's another part to the proverb, and this is what I wanted to share. Proverbs 17 and verse 22, but a broken spirit, whoa, it's psychosomatic. It said, drieth the bones. So if if our spirit is broken, for whatever causes it to be broken, it can actually have a physical reaction in us. And so a preacher, well, what needs to happen? Well, we need to get the gift of no. The gift 
of no condemnation. And you see, when the condemnation is taken away, then we can revive. When the condemnation is taken away, we can have a sweetness to our spirit. We can take all that worry and anxiety and everything. It can go away. Where is it supposed to happen? The Bible said there is therefore now no condemnation. It's available now. And if you're a Christian, God did not save you to live under condemnation. He saved you to take the gift of no condemnation. There is an account in Ezekiel speaking of that spirit, that broken spirit that drieth the bones. You know, it can affect one person or it can infect an entire nation to where it just seems like they're all dried up. And the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 and we've heard of this. It's actually the theme for our conference, which is coming up in April. Be there. It's a blessing. And it's the vision of the valley of the bones. Ezekiel chapter 37. And God caused Ezekiel to fly around all of these dry bones. And it said, and lo, they were very dry. And then God asked Ezekiel a question. You know, I'm glad that God asks us questions. <laughs> so there's all these bones. And I remember Pastor Tiemann had said it was way too late for CPR. I mean, there was, there was no way that these people were going to become alive again. There was no hope for these people. And he said, well, there's life, there's hope. And it's, so the Lord asked Ezekiel a question. And he said, son of man. Can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Be careful, the light is off in there. If they were listening in the podcast, no, the light's on in the church, but the light's off in the children's church, so. Amen. So if you're cold, um, I know the weather changed, so if you get cold in the church, sit near the corners. You know, I read that corners are warmer. You, you haven't? New science? You, you don't believe me? Corners are usually 90 degrees. So, you knew it was coming, right? You knew it was coming. But anyhow, so we're dealing with Romans chapter 8 and the gift of no. The gift of no. And we're dealing in the first gift. There are seven of the gifts of no. God likes to give out the gift of no, but it's not like the gift I give to my daughter, which is simply no. The first verse of the book of Romans chapter 8 talks about the gift of no condemnation. No condemnation. And we began to talk about how in, Hebrew, uh, in Proverbs chapter 17 and 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. It can actually have a physical, you can have a physical reaction from an anxiety or stress. It can leap from that condemnation or whatever internal conflict you're having in your mind and cause migraines, nausea, back pain, neck pain. And doctors will have to treat whatever's going on in your head that spreads to your body. Well, what did God do? He gives us the gift of no condemnation. And then we went to Ezekiel chapter 37. And he said, what do you do with a bunch of dry bones? And I said, it can affect the whole nation. 
And Ezekiel had seen all of these dry bones, a whole valley full. And you know what God said? I like the question. He said, can these bones live? I mean, it's a bunch of dry bones. Like Pastor Timon had said, way too late for CPR. It's too late for these people. <laughs> and Ezekiel answered the Lord, which is always the right thing. Oh, Lord God, thou knowest. And that's exactly what we should tell God. God, you know. And, and the Lord told Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Said, preacher, shouldn't we, you know, well, I think it's too late for medical science. You might as well choose God's way of doing things. <laughs> and the Bible says that he spoke and he said, oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you. Those are the muscles and the cartilage and will bring flesh upon you, that's self-explanatory, and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So he did as he was commanded. And it said there was a great shaking. And the bones came together, and the sinews and the flesh, it was like the reverse of decomposition. It was composition. And it was like, it must have been... If uh, I don't know how Adam was made, but it, I don't know how God made Adam if he made the bones and then he put the organs and you know, I don't know how he did it, but it must have been like, a, like a, another preview of how man was made. But there was no breath in them. And then he said, And to be prophesy unto the wind and prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and they lived and stood up on their feet in exceeding great army. Now I read all that because you see Israel was in captivity and Ezekiel was prophesying to a people that had no hope. And you see when you're condemned and you, you begin to believe that you're no good and God doesn't love you and that's not the truth. And that's what he was giving Ezekiel because sometimes we go through hard times and we think well God must just not love me. Well, I've been going through something and God loves me, but he has this message for me. And maybe you get to go through it and it's called wait. It's like, preacher, that's the, you mean W-E-I-G-H-T? No, no, no. That'd be easier to solve, right? W-A-I-T. You know this man, he was looking at his friend who was flexing in the mirror and he said, I have the body of a Greek God. And his friend looked at him and he goes, no, you don't. Buddha was not Greek. So, but... That's not the kind of weight, but W-A-I-T. So they were, in, they were in captivity, but God had a message for them. Don't let this condemnation, this condemnation of this, this captivity shouldn't go into your spirit. And it was going into their spirit to where they were, they were losing faith in God. Now, the Bible said in verse 11, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11, that he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we are cut off for our parts. You know, the devil says, it's never going to change, you're always going to be this way, it's never going to get better. Therefore prophesy unto them, thus saith the Lord, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you'll know that I'm God which have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and I shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. 
And I shall place you in your own land, and ye shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. And you see, that's what the, the, the message was for Israel, that God hasn't forsaken you, that God is still on your side. And the message of the cross is really the same thing, that when the gift of no condemnation is in Christ. So, oh, preacher, do, you mean it's going to church? No, it's in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. She's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new if you're in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. Say, where's all the blessings? In Christ. Where's the gift of no condemnation for our life? In Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, and you can find this all over the Bible because it's a running truth beginning at verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And then it begins to say there's no male, there's no female, there's no bond, there's no free. You're all equal in Christ. Yes, we still have two genders. Yes, it is still Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, okay? But in Christ, you're being forgiven and there's no condemnation in Christ. So why, preacher? Well, because... Jesus took our sins in his own body on the tree. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And you know that we have a law in our constitution. And many countries do. It's called double jeopardy. That's not a game show. Okay. But it's called double jeopardy. And if you're not familiar with that, that means you can't be tried for the same crime twice. So if Jesus paid for our sins... We can't be tried for those sins again. Now, God is more just than man. If Jesus took that sin, then I don't have to be condemned for it. Say, so, oh, preacher, do you regret it? Oh, there's things I regret, but let me tell you, if Jesus gave me the gift of no condemnation, I don't relive my old life. You walk in newness of life in Christ. It's the gift of no condemnation. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. You know where that is. You don't have to get a scripture quote. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But what comes after that? John 3 and 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Huh? But that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come here to condemn us. But preacher, what about this condemnation that, that sin brings? Look, let me tell you. When I came to church, I felt condemned for the first time. When I came to church, didn't know why. It wasn't the preacher. He was telling me how to come to Jesus, and I just felt awful. What, was, what, what did you feel, preacher? Before I became a Christian, I felt the burden and the weight and the condemnation of sin that I did have in my life. And you know, the gospel is good news, but the gospel exhorts us to make a choice. The, the gospel says, if you're not saved, you can be. 
And I wasn't. I felt condemnation. But the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 18, and this is what I felt, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. And I was just condemned. I didn't know. I went to church and I thought I was a good person because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Well, you know what I did? The preacher gave me an opportunity. I lied to him once, but then after that, I accepted this Jesus and I found out what the gift of no condemnation brings. Who are in Christ Jesus, who walk, the Bible says... Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You know, what you are is more important than what you do. When Jesus was presented with a woman caught in adultery, which is a serious sin, it's punishable by death. And the Pharisees and all of these people came and wanted her to be stoned. And they asked Jesus, but what do you say? Because they figured if Jesus said, don't, don't hurt her. Then they could have said, well, then you're not enforcing the law. You can't be God because God needs to enforce his law. And if he said stoner, well, then he's breaking the Roman law because Jesus couldn't have told someone to commit capital punishment because the Jews were a slave nation. So they thought they had Jesus all wrapped up. Well, be careful when you ask Jesus a question. So Jesus said, hey, ye that are without sin amongst you, cast the first stone. The first stone. You know, it's been shared that the Pharisees would stone her, but they couldn't. Jesus could stone her, but he wouldn't. And I'm thankful that that's the love that Jesus had. What was he a preacher? What didn't didn't he just tell her? He said, didn't he just say, "Go and sin no more"? Well, he said something else than that, and this is what I, he gave her a gift. He said, uh, after all the people had left. They chose not to stone her from the eldest to the hothead, youngest. Then Jesus lifted himself up and saw none but the woman and said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. (laughs) There's someone else, though. There's a Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Listen, neither do I condemn thee. That's a big deal. What is he saying? I'm the one that can forgive this sin. It was unto me. I forgive you. And then he said, go and sin no more. You see, first of all, before we change our works, we need to change who we are. We need to be seen as forgiven. We need to break that spiral. And Jesus does it through a newness of life and an expunging of our old record. God doesn't make us ex-cons. God makes us uh, as if we'd never sinned, justified. He exonerates us as if we've never committed a crime. You know why? Because condemnation can be applied by others. Did you know that? That they try to get you down. You know some people, they are travel agents for guilt trips. I mean, they try to put you on a guilt trip and they try to bring condemnation down onto you that shouldn't be. But sometimes we can condemn ourselves, you know, even for something that's not wrong. 
And, and that's what we need to take God's gift. And you say, well, preacher, but I, I made a mistake or whatever. Well, go back to Jesus and get it forgiven. God will forgive you. Take his gift of no condemnation. I remember, even when I, we try to be a blessing, uh, I gave a preacher uh, some used suits. Okay, they were used, but they were nice. And they were his size. And so I was excited because they were name brand suits. And my pastor used to call them three Hebrew children. Okay. And uh, later I talked to this preacher and we know each other. He's not, this is years ago. It's nobody in Jacksonville. Okay. Years ago. And later he told me he thought I was making fun of his weight when I gave him the suits. Because I said, brother, they're three Hebrew children suits. And he thought I was saying that three Hebrew children could fit in one suit. You know, that I was giving him a suit that could fit three people because he was, he was, uh, he was big, okay? <laughs> and I said, bro, no, no, no. I said, remember like pastor said, the suits were Hart, Shafter, and Marks. They're just three Jewish names. It wasn't anything to do with the brother's weight. The pastor, my, my, my pastor, Pastor Davis, he used to call them three Hebrew children, but it was a nice suit brand. And I was referring to the brand, but the brother thought I was condemning his weight. You know, we can condemn ourselves sometimes, and the condemnation is not from the Holy Ghost. The condemnation is not from the brother or sister. The condemnation is from our old nature that we're not good enough. And I don't know, maybe it was a simple misunderstanding between me and the brother. He's still a pastor. He's a blessing. And, uh, but you know, say, well, say, preacher, but I need to change. Well, you know what the deepest habit change is? The deepest habit change is not a goal. Oh, I need to lose weight. That's like the easiest change to stop. <laughs> so, well, I need a system. I need a workout system or a saving system. That's a little bit more complicated, but the deepest form of habit change is identity change. That's what I am. You know, I could go running. Say, I run two times a week. Well, that's good. And then the other guy says, yeah, but I'm a runner. Hmm. There's a difference there, right? One goes running. One is a runner. I go to church. I'm a Christian. And going to church is good. I give in the offering. Well, I am a giver. You see, that identity is the, if you want to change your life, that identity is the deepest level of change. Why? That's why I'm saying there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I remember when I was talking to a barista. That's not someone at a bar. That's what they call the people at Starbucks. And evidently, barista can be a guy or a girl. Okay, But this one, I believe, was a girl. And I, I, I don't remember which one it was. It was so long ago. I think it was a lady named Samantha. Or we called her Sam. Or Savannah. But I'm not sure. We knew a lot of baristas. And, and she said something like this. She said, I'm, I'm no good with names. You know, because she didn't remember my name and I remembered her name. And so she felt condemned, right? And I said, don't say that. Remember that, Sister Bigelow? I said, don't say that. Because people, when they say I am, 
no good. I am always going to be overweight. I am no good with money. You're giving yourself an identity that God did not give you. Now, I didn't explain all that to the lady. I said, look, you can do this or whatever. And I said, all you need to do is remember something funny about me. And so I just, just remember Adam with the big nose or something. I said, it's a trigger for your brain, okay? Anybody can do this. Anybody can remember names. But first of all, you have to think, wait, I am the type of person that can remember names. I am good at remembering names. It's an identity, isn't it? Well, the next time Sister Bigelow and I walked in there, it might have been a month later, a week later, same lady, same lady that said, I'm no good with names. She looked at me and she said, hey, Adam. But it wasn't like, hey, Adam, is that you? But she knew who I was. Why? There was a confidence that she could do it. And guess what? She did it. You remember when Moses, he was told by God when he was in Egypt, he said, when I go to Pharaoh, um, what do I tell him that your name is? You know what God said? I am that I am. He said, you go tell him the I am. What is it? That's an identity. And that's when Jesus was talking to people in the book of John. He said, before Abraham was, I am. It's an identity, isn't it? And they tried to stone him, but he walked away anyway. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the I am. And the I am is that we need to get our lives in Christ. That'll, that'll give us the ability to walk. It's not our power. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by His Spirit. That's where we get the power to be who we are in Him. In Him. And that's our greatest identity. The gift of no condemnation. I've got like two minutes. So let's go to verse 2. Verse 2. <laughs> wow. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Have you ever been, now everyone here, all you have to do is look at your driver's license as you get older, right? And you realize that everybody is subject to the law of gravity. Because when you look at that driver's license or you get on a Zoom call and you, you, you realize you have more than one chin, when you look down, you're like, boop, 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 like, oh no! I hold my Zoom, I hold my, try to hold my phone up high. I, mean, I do. I'll put pillows. I'll do something because I don't want to look at three chins when I'm, you know, that's just distracting. Okay. But everyone is subject to the law of gravity, right? It's a law. Well, have you ever been in an airplane though? See, when it takes off and the thrust or the velocity and the lift of the wings overcome the drag, which is the resistance of the air, and the weight, which is also called gravity, and the plane takes off. It overcomes the law of gravity. Huh. So you mean you can overcome one law? Yes. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. First John chapter 5 and verse 4 and 5. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son 
of God. You see, the law of the spirit of life in Christ, hath, Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I just took off. How'd you take off? I took that gift of no condemnation and I got my freedom in Jesus and I liked it so much I just want to stay and keep that peace in my heart and stay out of sin. And guess what? God gives you the power to do that. Take the gift of no condemnation. Well, we got six more gifts of no in chapter eight. So I guess it's going to be part two, three, four, five, six, whatever. So God bless you is our prayer.